Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> he does it every time and I can't stop laughing. I'm going to leave it in this time so people <laughs> get to hear it. That's what Charity gets every single oh. time. But I change it up. Sometimes I'll do other stuff. And he I'll does. just say really weird stuff. Really weird stuff, guys. Do you know what's really weird is when we get ready to record when Charity looks at Kristen and says, we're going to go pound it out. No. Today, Kristen said to me, Mark said, all right. Well, Sophie was snuggling him and she wouldn't get off of him. So he had to physically remove her as she was purring and parring at him. How did she look? Tell everybody how she looked. Oh my God, you guys, I almost took, I should have taken a picture and put it, posted it on the, on the page. So she was purring and when, I guess when she's super happy, her tongue sticks out. It was so cute, a little pink tongue and she was like kissing Mark and poking. Oh my God, she's so cute. Sophie is the best cat in the world. Somebody put in the crime creep group recently a picture of, a Persian cat that was on the front of luggage. Yes. And I was like, I had to look twice because other than Sophie doesn't have as much yellow and she has a little black streak like Harry Potter yep. on her forehead. Other than that, like I was like, is that Sophie? I had she's to look so twice. Cute. So anyway, Sophie's so, tiny though. She's adorable. So Mark had to physically move her and he said, okay, let's, let's go record. And Kristen said to us, <laughs> have fun in pound town. Yes, and then, and then she, she did the goes, universal did the pound universal sign. sign. I'm like, yes. You're rubbing uh, off on her. I know. I can't it's, help it's it. It's all good, though. It so is. I monopolized the beginning of the episode last week. Sorry, guys. I was excited, wanted to talk. And Charity had some cool stuff that she wanted to talk well, about. Well, it's so. not the first thing I'm talking about is not cool. It was extremely scary. Okay. So I was driving home from work. Do you, need, do you need a meow to feel better? Yeah. All right, hold on. Meow. There you go. Okay. So I was driving home from work and I was coming off of the highway. And you can either bear right to go right or there's two lanes to go straight across the road. One, the left lane, you're turning left. And if you're in the right lane, you're going across the road. So I pull up. Is this down the street? Yes. I know exactly. Where you're, okay. I know the intersection. So it you is pull confusing. up and uh, it turned green. And I went to drive across, and the large truck next to me took a right instead of going left. Uh-oh. And I don't know how I avoided being hit. He didn't stop. Nothing. I, I literally ran me off the road. 
I hate people like that. So your crime creep could have been hurt, guys, but thank goodness someone was watching over me. I would have hawked a loogie on his car. It was scary. Like, I honestly, I don't think I've ever been that close call like that before. It was really scary. Those feelings when stuff like that happened, like oh, that, you feel you do. that pain, like inside of your body, like, am I dying? Like, right. what's going on? Like, right. your heart sinks. It was really scary. That's happened to me a couple times recently where it hits you and you're like, I was not expecting that reaction. No, but I, I kept my wits about myself. Thank goodness. See, I would have gunned it and then hit the guy in the right rear and flipped him over. Yeah, but he was a big, big truck, like a big truck. Yeah, he would have flipped him over easy. Oh, maybe. I drive that little crappy Jeep now that I hate. So that thing would have been toast. Trail rated my AWS. Oh. It is not trail rated. Oh. It's like barely pavement rated. Well, if it happens to me again, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> I just wanted to protect my vehicle and me. <laughs> oh, cars are replaceable. I never care about that kind of stuff. No, I know. I do. I am happy the, that the charity is okay, though. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that greatly. All right, Charity walks in today, and I look at her, and I was like, your hair looks lovely. What did you do? <laughs> Charity, tell me what you told me. I said I had just taken a shower, and it was still wet. You're like, no, that's not how you said it. How you looked I at me it? and said, I washed it. Oh, I washed it, and it's still wet. That's what I said. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, so do you not normally? Is your hair not normally this <laughs> luscious and freshly washed? No, not always, because women shouldn't wash their hair every day, Mark, Give especially when it's long. Give the people the hair care care routine. The hair care routine is it's best if you do not wash your hair every day because your natural oils are good for your own hair. There you go. Yes. That's the excuse I'm going to use if I don't shower and wash my hair every day. Yep. Your natural oils. I am basking in my own natural oils, people. Yes. He's in his own oil. Oils. I like to say alls. Alls. That's so <laughs> gross. Well, I'm glad that you made it through unscathed. Yes, me too. Other than your, your heart, which will never, never beat the yeah. same. I know. It's all good, though. What is this other thing you said you want to talk about? Um, I have... Please tell me it's something fun. Some weird, some more weird medical procedures from the past. I love this. Yeah. I think the creeps were clamoring for this. I think they were clamoring, and I love the word clamoring. We're going to bring clamoring back. Bring it back, Mark. We should bring all these weird words back. We should pick a new one every week. We should. Like, that is bodacious. Bodacious. I love it. Ah, go ahead, Charity. Okay, so the first one I'm going to talk about is going to really upset you personally oh, and many no. of the creeps, I think. So, you know, all through time, people, certain people have, you know, mood disorders where they might feel down and they find certain things that make them feel better. Yes. Well, between 1759 and 1813, and I would think even present day, listening to a piano or organ or music was known to increase one's mood for the better. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that, too. Some some music makes you happy. Some makes you sad. Some relaxes you. You know, all the things. A common piano used during these times was a cat piano. Uh, yeah, not you, sure what to think about this. You heard me right. A bunch of cute, fluffy kitties would be tied down in a long box, and their tails would be put in holes near a keyboard. I'm already getting fired up, guys. I don't like this. The keys to the piano were attached to hammers that would hit <sighs> the poor kitties when the key was pressed. The hammers were sharp, and when they hit the cats, they would let out sounds of pain, making a melody. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's not funny. 
No, you're supposed to go meow, not meow. This is barbaric. And uh, hello, wouldn't it have been easier to just make or get a real piano, saving the cute fluff balls, a life of pain? I feel like a hat cat, uh, cat hater came up with this, right? They had to. Have. What a stupid idea. Oh, cats are useless. Let's just make them ouchy. So <laughs> I feed my girl Sophie anything she wants. Like, so Sophie will set up on my lap when I'm eating and she will I'll feed her food. <laughs> and nothing P.O.'s Kristen more than when, like, we have Chinese and then Sophie comes up trying to eat it. I'm like, no, Sophie, you can't eat your, your fellow kitties. Aww. And Kristen looks at me, she's like, I'm going to throw something at Aww. you. Stop saying yeah, that. Yeah, don't say that. I'm like, that would be cat cannibalism. She's not allowed <laughs> to eat Chinese food. That's gross. <laughs> He's laughing himself silly right now. Oh, I love it. You can't uh, laugh at yourself. Nobody can. I don't eat Chinese food. L- oh, my God. I love Chinese. You know what I love? What's that? Is sushi, but I eat the oh, fake so sushi. Gross. Oh, I don't eat raw fish. I do the, I do what is the fake avo- sushi? avocado rolls <laughs> or, the, or the sweet potato rolls. <laughs> all right. But so I still call it sushi, guys. So this would be like, all right. So that posted in the Crime Creep group. Case Watch Crime Creep group, guys. Charity I just, just punched the microphone. <laughs> If you're not a member there, I don't know what's wrong with you because it's the best place on the internet. But somebody posted this package of Beyond Sausage yes, in there the other day. Yes, yes, yes. So just because you name something, something doesn't mean it's it. Charity, you're not eating sushi. You're eating avocado. No, it's called sushi. Okay. Avocado maki. So, Guys, help me out here. <laughs> those sausages were called Beyond Sausages, and they looked like a man sausage. So... That Your point great. is moot. That was great. I love it. All right. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> I digest. I digest. Um, so rheumatoid arthritis was already a known ailment as far back as the 1800s. Horrible, too. Horrible. Anyone who suffers from this can attest to the pain it causes. You can imagine any procedure that claims to relieve this pain would be accepted by many, right? Yeah. Well, apparently... Back in the late 1800s, there was a hotel in Australia where you could go to get treatment to relieve your pain. And we do have quite a few Australian listeners. So, guys, look into this formula, yeah? Shout out to all our Aussie fans. I love it. Patients would stay at the hotel and wait patiently for a whale to pass away nearby. They would be brought to the carcass. Actually, they'd be roboted to the carcass. A carcass that had a hole that had been cut into it big enough for the patient to climb climb on in and lay in the dead carcass for about two hours. This is gross. This process will relieve the pain and the patient will leave feeling revived. <laughs> Rumors say that it was a drunk sailor that figured this remedy out. He was said to be stumbling about when he tripped and fell into a dead whale's carcass, falling asleep and waking up feeling better than ever. <laughs> Imagine that. A drunk sailor... Found it use for a hole. <laughs> to me, yeah, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> Guys, it's true. Try it. It's great. I just like that entire... Just jump into that hole. I just like that entire statement. Yeah. A seaman. A seaman? A seaman found a way to use a hole. <laughs> Guys, he's on a tangent now. I'll be here all day. He'll be here all day. Uh, there's always been people that stutter throughout all of history. Some major people in media. There's lo- lots of uh, uh, what's his name? Um, <sighs> Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. I never really watched that. 
What's his name? Edward. Um, I gotta guys. I gotta look it up. We're gonna roll with this. Hold on. Anyways, there's nothing worse than like having a friend who stutters because you feel horrible. For I them. know. I have a friend that does stutter. Then I have a friend when he does something wrong, he stutters, which is even better because when he starts stuttering, you know he did something stupid. He gets all excited about it. Oh, what is this? Hold on a second. What's uh what's the movie where the the King's Speech? That was all about people that stutter as yep. well. Like I actually really enjoyed that movie. I'm rolling with time here so Charity can look no, up, guys. She's stop. not doing good. She wants me to pause it. Pause it. But I'm just gonna keep rolling because this is what we do. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Charity's going to look it up. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. She looked it up. Guys, I found it. And what it's, is it? It's, I knew his name was on the tip of my tongue. James Earl Jones. That How did you forget that Amazing, name? deep, awesome voice that he has. He, as a kid, he suffered from stuttering and he was able to teach his brain to get through it. That's awesome. Isn't it awesome? I love him. He's got the best voice ever. I love his voice. Doesn't he? He's just like He's- calming. Does have a good voice. I would love to just listen to his voice. Thanks, Mark, for actually stopping so I could look something. See, guys, when he wants to look it. something up, no, he does. Pause. He presses pause. Okay. I Not didn't fear. think it was going to take as long, so I figured I would just roll. Whatever. Talk and have some fun. Anyways. Anyways. Anywho. In the 18th and 19th centuries, it was so common that doctors believed they needed to come up with a procedure that would correct the stuttering. I love back in those times, you're like, let's drill a hole in this spot. Oh, just wait. A, it was a spike. It was called, I'm going to try to say this right, hemiglossectomy, and is still used today, but not for stuttering. Basically, the doctor would simply cut half of the patient's tongue out. Oh, and there was no anesthesia back in the day. So you can imagine the pain that was felt. I'm wondering why they thought that would help with stuttering. <laughs> well, the procedure shockingly didn't work, and many patients bled out and died right then and there. I wonder how long it took them to stop cutting off of people's tongues before they realized it didn't work. <laughs> Come on. Why would I don't understand why you'd think that would correct something like that. Let's go ahead and take this piece of your tongue out. You won't stutter anymore. You also won't enjoy life. Right. So today the procedure is done to remove cancer from the tongue in a very, very professional manner, not just slicing the tongue off and letting them bleed out. You shall. Yeah, we solved your stuttering problem because you died. Because you bled out from your tongue. So this one is a delight. Oh. Is a delight. I like delights. Okay. If a man has trouble getting his peep to stand at attention in this day and age, there's many things that can be done to help. Well, what was a man to do um, back in the day, like the 1920s, if that was happening to him? Popsicle sticks. Oh. No? I thought so. A tongue depressor. <laughs> Ew. Lay it down and throw some medical tape over it. <laughs> oh, well, this is what he would do, Mark. He'd go to Paris and he would see Dr. Sergei Vor- Voronov for a ball replacement, of course. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. It's such a simple closed. fix, don't you think? Yep. Sure is. Let's go ahead. Give yeah, me the- you needed new balls. Ball. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards.
Also, some young guy. <laughs> Patients were told that the new testes came from inmates that were in jail. Oh, my God. You know, part of their punishment was that their balls got cut off. That's horrible. But the dangly bits actually came from monkeys. That's right. The patients would walk away with monkey balls. This is real, guys. What are they hooking them to? I wonder. What do you mean? They feel like trying to plumb these things back up? Well, I wanted to I want to know if they were extra hairy. <laughs> and if they produce sperm, would you have monkey babies? I'm pretty sure that nothing worked after this. <laughs> Just going out on a limb. You here. know what I do bet? I bet this doctor was making a ton of money being a do-gooder and helping out his fellow man. <laughs> but in reality, most men who had the monkey ball replacement died during or after the procedure. I can't imagine why. Ew. And the poor monkeys. That's just cruel and unusual punishment. You're going to cut their balls off? Come on. It's but you were nice. okay with the inmates' balls getting cut off? Oh, it depends on what they did. That's so funny. Monkeys are innocent unless they... Not really. Is she the one that ripped that lady's face off that uh, time? Listen, they're not meant to be caged. That hey, was her fault. The one on Friends was pretty cute. Yep. Marcel. Yes. That See, I remember that name right off the bat. But that, yeah, that's not nice to the monkeys because monkeys are innocent, Mark. Okay? So whatevs. They are adorable. They really are. They're very cute. So that's my um, weird medical history. So now you're going to tell us how uh, Gerald. Gerard. Gerard. Hello. Was such an upright standing citizen. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. So let's first talk about last episode a little bit, right? Mark went to Florida, had a ton of fun. Oh, not that part? Well, you could talk about that again if you want. Now, rewind to the beginning I like of the last the episode. I like the caged in place that you stayed. That place was awesome. Yeah. Church. The church. Yeah, I like that. Last episode, we talked about the earlier life of Gerard Schaefer. We learned that he and his family moved around a lot. He had a brother and a sister and felt as though his sister was the golden child. He was he had a horrible relationship with his father, who was an alcoholic who cheated on his mother. And I did not mention this in the last episode, but they his mother and father did end up getting divorced when oh, they moved to Florida. Good. So they they she did end that relationship, thank goodness. He had many odd behaviors such as stealing women's undies and even wore them himself until he reached climax. I like when you say that when I say words like that because Mark likes that. Like Mark, when I, Mark likes climax. No, like when I said that the other word. I'm gonna go out and tell Kristen that Charity says I like it when I climax. Yeah, I like it. That's what you just said. <laughs> Can't take me anywhere, guys. He was very aroused by violence and even killed animals for sport because he thought it was fun. He and his mother were very close. This could be one of the reasons his strange behavior was overlooked. When he was dating his first girlfriend, he loved to pretend he was raping her violently. Still don't get it. Poor little thing just went along with it. He went on to college and met his first wife. He tried his hand at, teach at a teaching career but got fired from his two internships for his weirdness. His wife divorced him at this time. He met a 19-year-old girl and married her. She didn't seem to mind his sexual addictions. He then decided he wanted to become a police officer. I think he was attracted to authority and power. He got fired from the first department for pulling over women for no reason, except to get their phone numbers so he could call them and ask them out on a date. And remember, he was married at the time he was doing this. He was able to fake his way into another department and began working right away. When we left off, 
Gerard had picked up 18-year-old Nancy Ellen Prada and 17-year-old Paula Sue Wells hitchhiking. He was on duty at the time and picked them up as a concerned officer, telling them how unsafe hitchhiking is. He found out they were not from the area and offered to pick them up the next morning at a bandstand on East Ocean Boulevard and drive them to Jensen Beach. You know, so they'd be safe being driven around by a police officer instead of being picked up by some sort of creep. Because he's like definitely not a creep. Yeah, 100% not a creep. <laughs> Let's now continue to see what happens next, shall we? Oh, I'm excited. got to go just take them to go swim and take yeah. a picture of their Polaroid camera for them. Yeah. Here you go. Have fun. I'm going to go back on patrol. Yeah, I'll pick you up so that you're safe getting back home. I'm, I'm a concerned police officer just trying to keep the streets safe. Let's see how this goes. The next morning, Gerard arrived at the bandstand promptly at 9.15. The girls were right there waiting. They noted something strange when they saw their new popo friend. <laughs> he was not in his uniform, and he was not driving his police car. He had his own personal car. But don't worry, he assured Paula and Nancy that he was indeed working. He wasn't in uniform and wasn't driving his patrol car because he was working undercover, of course. Hello? The girls believed him. After all, he was the law, and the law doesn't lie. Right, Mark? Right. The teenagers hopped in the car, and off they went to the beach. But before heading to the beach, Gerard, Gerard told the girls he wanted to show them an old Spanish fort close to Hutchinson Island. That's so amazing of him to want to show them something cool like that. Absolutely. They like, don't know the area. Such, such a giver this guy yep. is. Yeah, doesn't want them to miss the sights. Nope, because they're not from the area. So, I mean, um, hello. Yeah. Great great dude so far. While heading to the Spanish fort, Gerard once again talked to the girls about the dangers of hitchhiking and how if they were, weren't careful, they could get sold into white slavery. Not good. Yeah, no, it's not good at all. He wanted to make sure they were really scared because he didn't want them doing it again. They finally reached their destination, but when Gerard pulled next to an old falling apart shed, the girls most likely knew something wasn't right. The said shed was in the middle of a forest. There was nothing to be seen for miles. They must have been freaking out at this point. It was about to get worse. He quickly handcuffed and gagged both girls. He took one of the girls over to a tree and tied her legs to it. He then put a noose around her neck, pulling it up tight so she wasn't able to move. Can you imagine the fear? I could not begin to imagine My that. God. The other teenager was brought to another tree and tied up the same way. Gerard informed them... Um, as to what was going to happen to them next. He told them they were going to be raped, and then he was just, he was going to murder them. Ugh. Let me tell you, someone was looking over these girls because right after he told them what was going to happen to them, he got a call on his radio telling him he had to go to the police station immediately. He had no choice but to leave the girls tied up. I mean, he didn't want to lose his job after all. Right. Before he left, he made sure to tell the girls he would be back ASAP and warned them there would be hell to pay if they tried to escape. Or ASP if you watch Gold yes. Rush. Gerard was un ultimately gone for about two hours. When he returned to the desolate forest where he had tied up Paula and Nancy, he was shocked to discover they escaped. Thank God. I mean, he told them not to try and escape. Why didn't they listen to him? After all, he was a police officer. Right? Gerard began to freak out, wondering how he was going to explain this to his superiors. He decided his best bet was to go home and call his sheriff, Robert Crowder. Here is what he had to say. I can't even wait. I've done something very foolish. You'll be mad at me. 
He went on to tell Sheriff Crowder that all he wanted to do was to teach the teenage girls a lesson. He wanted to pretty much scare them into not hitchhiking anymore, but had now realized he took it a little too far. You think? (laughs) Saying he, quote unquote, overdid the job. Gerard then open and honestly told his sheriff where he had left the girls and what he had done to scare them. What do you think? Do you think Sheriff Crowder believed his story? Uh, with this guy's track record, I think he's going to. Well, Sheriff Crowder and Lieutenant Melvin Walden hopped in a patrol car and went to the location given by Gerard. When they got there, they saw a young woman trying to climb out of the riverbank, still bound and gagged with rips in her clothes. She saw the officers, and when asked what her name was, she was able to say Nancy. It was then discovered that Paula had already been picked up on the side of the road by a truck driver who drove her to the nearest police station. So they probably got free, and they just it was a free-for-all. Oh, yeah. I'm running, you're running. Like They were just probably so scared. scared to death. Paula and Nancy were reunited at the station. Both of their stories matched exactly. They were clearly hysterical, realizing they could have likely died. They were both adamant telling Sheriff Crowder that they were 100 million percent sure that Gerard was the man that did this to them. Gerard pleaded with the sheriff standing by his story that he was only trying to help the girls, teaching them a lesson so they would stop hitchhiking. No one believed his story. The girls were too believable and shaken up over what had happened to them. He was fired on the spot and Sheriff Crowder filed charges of false imprisonment and aggravated assault against him. And his bail was set at $15,000. What a loser. So Gerard was able to post his bail about two weeks after he was arrested. He was able to return home to his wife while he awaited his trial that was set to begin in November. So he was able to successfully convince his wife and his in-laws that it was all just a big mistake. He was clearly just trying to teach the two young women a lesson they wouldn't forget about the dangers of hitchhiking. I have a few questions before we continue. I'm sure you do too. I'm just blown away with this guy. So his wife, well, first of all, the fact that he was, they was able to post bail. The fact that the bail wasn't that high that he could actually be out free while he's waiting, right? His second wife clearly knew about his proclivity for violent sex being tied up, et cetera. Do you think she just ignored the signs and just chose to believe he was a good guy that just took a life lesson too far like she knew he liked to be tied up and these girls were tied up i don't know yeah something's not adding up (sighs) so while gerard was out on bail waiting for his trial to start he was able to get a small paying job to bring some sort of income into the home let's just say in hindsight maybe his bail should have been set at something unattainable because if he had been made to stay in jail while he awaited his trial he would not have been able to strike again we hear this over and over yeah You would think he would have been on his best behavior considering he was um, sticking by his story, right? But I don't think he can. September 27th, 1972, 17-year-old Susan Carroll Place and 16-year-old Georgia Marie Jessup, along with Gerard, were all at an adult education center taking some classes in Fort Lauderdale. He befriended the teenage girls, introducing himself as Jerry Shepard from Colorado. He talked to the girls for a while, getting to know their interests so that he could get them to trust him. On the day she disappeared, Lucille, George's mother, remembered a conversation she had with her daughter and Susan. They introduced Jerry to Lucille, telling her that he was 20 years old. 
They want, went on to describe how the three of them were going to take a ride to the beach and play guitar. Jerry worked really hard to convince Lucille that he was harmless, and Georgia told her mother that they would only be gone for a little while. However, Lucille was saddened, thinking her daughter was running off. Lucille was smart enough to write the license plate number to Jerry's car down, so she had that. At That's least. good, at least. The girls and Jerry left Georgia's home at about 8.45 p.m. Four days went by, and Georgia had not returned home. Lucille became very worried, and the first thing she did was contact Susan's mother, Shirley. Shirley informed Lucille that her daughter had run away on September 27th, the very same day Georgia was last seen as well. Neither of the mothers had heard from their daughters since they were last seen. Again, I have more questions. I know this was back in the 70s, but why would either of these mothers just let their teenage daughters leave with some strange dude they had just met? I don't get this. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I know it was a different time and people got married at, like, 17. Yeah, but still. It's just, I don't understand. Lucille and Shirley compared stories and knew in an instant something wasn't right, so they both reported them missing to the Oakland Park Police Department. Lucille gave a full description of Jerry, the man that the girls were last seen with. She was also able to give the police the license plate number she had written down. Clearly, her instincts told her that this Jerry was bad news. I don't want to be judgy, but why would she have let her daughter leave if she was worried enough to take down that information, right? If her instinct said, this guy's not right, I'm taken down. I mean, obviously, like I said, hindsight, I'm sure she, I'm sure she has never forgiven herself for that. If you think about it, you know what I mean? We got to remember, and I say this all the time, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback Absolutely, things. yes. Even to this day, like I always, if I'm in an incident, the first thing I'll say is, well, that won't happen to me. That's other people. And everybody right. does that. Everybody is always like, it won't happen to me, but that's what happens. And then it does happen to you. Yep. It's horrible. So the police did track down what they thought was the license plate number in the car that Jerry was driving. But sadly, there were um, no other leads. Um, and the person that they tracked down didn't meet any of the descriptions of Jerry. So the girls, um, the investigation to the dis- disappearance went cold for the time being. Which is so sad. Yeah. Let's fast forward to March 25th, 1973. It was this day that investigators were finally able to figure out that Gary Shepard was actually Gerard Schaefer. Maybe he shouldn't have used the same initials as his actual name. Right. What an idiot. Like, what an idiot. I'm sorry. It's just, I can't. Anyways, by this time... Gerard was in jail for assaulting the first two teenage girls, the brave girls that were able to escape, get help. So he was convicted and sent to jail for a false imprisonment. Gerard denied spending any time with Sandy and Georgia and told authorities he didn't know anything about their whereabouts. The investigation continued. um, And finally, there was a break, a big one. On April 1st, 1973, three men were collecting soda cans on Hutchinson Island when he stumbled across human when they stumbled across human remains. Oh no. I guess it appeared as though the bodies had been dismembered as the Ooh. parts were spread about the area. Ugh. It took only 4 days for the remains to be identified through dental records. They belonged to Susan and Georgia. The crime scene was fully raked, and investigators were able to piece together what happened. It was clear that this dumbass used the same M.O. as he did with the first set of teenagers, tr- tying them each to separate trees and torturing them. Horrible. Susan had been shot in the jaw, and there was evidence that they had both been brutally murdered. 
Gerard was now clearly the number one suspect. On April 7th, investigators were able to search Gerard's mother's home, specifically a room he used to store some stuff. So it was a spare room she had that he was like, hey, ma, guess what? These people that always find a spot to store stuff. Stuff. Is always odd to me. Well, it's her little boy. She, of course, if he doesn't have room for it in his own place, he's, she's gonna. If she has the room for it. She's gonna let him store it in the room, right? I was watching a case the other day on TV that was very similar to this, where the mother, his mother, had an in-law apartment on this house, and she was letting him hide in there, even though his wife had a restraining order and was living next door. Oh my god! And he ended up going over next door and killing her. Oh my god! It was. Horrible. That is so sad. Cop showed up. She lied, refused to let him in. It was absolutely horrible. That is so sad. Um, well, here is what was found in the room. Oh, there boy. was a bunch of women's jewelry. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's probably a whole bag of women's underwear. I'm sure. Underwears. A ton of handwritten sketches and writings. Almost stories talking about torturing young women and then brutally murdering them. There were a couple of newspaper clippings that talked about the disappearance of Carmen Hallock in February of 1969. Some of the jewelry found in that spare room belonged to Carmen. Oh, boy. There was also a gold-filled tooth found that was identified by Carmen's dentist as hers. The second news clipping was for a woman named Lee Bonadis. She went missing in September of 1969 and was actually one of Gerard's neighbors. He used to complain that she teased him by undressing in her window so he could see. Some of her jewelry was also found in the stash room. Her remains were eventually found in 1978. Unfortunately, Gerard was never charged with her murder. Also in the room were some IDs of missing hitchhikers, Colette Good Goodenough and Barbara Wilcox. The girls were both 19 years old at the time of the disappearance. The last time they had been seen alive was January 8th, only a week before Gerard was sent to jail. Hmm. Odd. Yeah. There was more jewelry found belonging to 14-year-old Mary Briscolina um, and 13-year-old Elsie Farmer. So some of these women are not women at all. No, 13. girls. The two went missing in February of 1972. Their remains were found at the beginning of 1973, but their cause of death was unable to be determined. So once again, there wasn't enough evidence to charge Gerard for their murders. The list of possible victims would continue to grow more and more over time. But just like all the others, there were too many missing pieces to be able to charge Gerard with the murders. This makes me so mad. Right. Because the families deserve much more for the loss of their loved ones. They deserve to have their names read in court and for their killer to be made to pay for what he did. I agree. <clears throat> I just, I don't know. It's just sad that they had bits and pieces, but it just wasn't enough. Luckily, Gerard was charged with the murders of Georgia, Jessup, and Susan Place. He was indicted on May 18, 1973. He was held without bond while he waited for his trial to begin. Guess they learned their lesson the first from the first time. Right. <laughs> but he was already in jail anyways for the other one. So He was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder in October of 1973 and was sentenced to two life sentences. Here is an interesting little twist. As time went on, no one cared about who Gerard Schaefer was. He was forgotten by most and was just rotting away in jail. This must have made him upset because in 1990, one of his old high school girlfriends named Sondra London published a bunch of stories he had written called 
killer fiction. Gerard assured everyone that his creepy writings were just fun little murder stories. Right. But the authorities thought differently. They thought these stories were the truth about his murders. Talk about a douchebag. A total scumbag. Ugh. Gerard pretty much admitted to the to this being the case. He's a douchebag. Oh, I like this. Yeah, a douchebag. He pretty much admitted to that being the case in letters he had written to his attorneys. Just like most serial killers, it seems as though he wanted full credit and tons of attention for his crimes, wanting to be inf infamous. Here is a little bit of what he wrote on January 20th, 1991. As you know, I've always harped on District Attorney Robert Stone's list of 34. In 1973, I sat down and drew up a list of my own. As I recall, my list was just over 80. Oh, my. Yep. And then the day after writing that little gem, he wrote again saying, I'm not claiming a huge number. I would say it runs between 80 and 110. But over eight years and three continents. One whore drowned in her own vomit while watching me disembowel her girlfriend. Oh, my. I'm not sure if that counts as a valid kill. Did the pregnant ones count as two kills? It can get confusing. Ugh. This guy really said this crap. What an... Ugh. Makes me so mad. It's been said that Gerard was jealous of some of the more famous 1970 serial killers like John Wayne Gacy, whose head count is at 33, and the likes of Ted Bundy with at least 14 kills. How do we not hear more about this guy? Well... I'm glad we don't, but right? Gerard, who is much who is much more unknown, was said to have been have between two to nine victims. He just couldn't measure up. Maybe that's the reason he started writing to draw more attention to himself and to become more famous. Scumbag piece of crap. It will likely never be known just how many victims died at the hands of Gerard Schaefer. He is suspected of murders in Florida, West Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania according to the South Florida Sun Sentinel. So many are upset about the fact that they feel investigators just stopped investigating the other missing teens when there was evidence found that Gerard was responsible. Philip, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, Philip Shaler um, was the state attorney at the time and had this to say, like at the time when he was arrested originally. Yep. Without some other evidence linking Schaefer to those girls, the law wouldn't allow that leap of assumption. So... He, they just didn't have enough, I guess, to bring it. I, I don't get know. it. Gerard tried many times to convince the parole board to let him out of jail. He failed every single time. I mean, you can't have it both ways, dude. You can't boast about killing people for attention and then expect to be let out of jail. What an idiot. They probably wanted to bolster his numbers even more. But what an idiot, right? Okay. Oh, total let me talk about how, that I've killed in the hundreds, but let me out of jail. Yeah, okay. Get right on top of that. So in the end, Gerald got exactly what many thought he deserved. On December 3rd, 1995, another inmate broke into his cell and sliced his throat oh, and then it. stabbed him in both eyes, killing him. The inmate is said to have been Vincent Rivers. He was in the clink for life I for killing two that. people in Tampa. Gerard had a rep of being a rat and one to cause trouble with other inmates for no reason. It was speculated that was the reason for his murder, but no actual motive is known. To this day, there are still names of missing teenagers that are thought to have died at the hands of Gerard. Sadly, like so many murdered people, it just might never be known how or who killed them. So sad. This story was one of that really irritated me because this dude clearly wanted extra attention and seemed proud of what he had done to these poor girls. He deserves no accolades. And in fact, 
in my opinion, he is one of the more stupid, lying sickos that got just what he deserved in the end. My only hope is that he suffered more. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> that was too quick to die. Sorry. Yeah, I, I hate when people don't get the proper death they deserve. Right. That deserve it. Something painful or let let the family members of those people, I don't know. I just, girls. Line up all those family members and just allow them to do whatever they want but for girls, five seconds. But girls, 13, 14. Oh, it's and, sickening. And, they, and he... The, the the fact that there was evidence, but there wasn't enough really, really gets me for those poor families. I think there was plenty enough to connect the dots. I they mean, if they found something. their IDs and they found their, but exactly. a, a lot of them, like some of them were as early as 1969. So their bodies probably have decayed enough that they couldn't. Let's take this guy at his word. How many people could he have actually been responsible for? I don't know. It's sad. It's sickening. It's disgusting. And remember the first wife when she, he was never home because he was out, quote unquote, hunting? That's what I was saying. Right. Yeah, was he, he was hun- hunting. Right. Was he hunting girls? That's probably was exactly. He, right. Because that, that would have been right around that time. So sickening. Guys, I want to know what you think about uh, Mr. Crapball here. Uh, you know what also I would like to do at some point is, and I've, I think I've said this before, is I, I would love to look into the wives of these because some of them, like we've had cases where they had absolutely positively no idea. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I would love to look into and listen to them in the after fact, see if they've done any interviews and said, I just didn't. I didn't think he was capable of that. I just don't know how you can be that oblivious. I don't know. I mean, some people are are literally two different people. Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks. Oh, that's such a good movie. I'm, I'm glad so glad you, you made me watch that. that. Oh, I love that movie. Well, let us know what you think on uh, social media. I'm on Instagram at notmarkb. Charities at charity underscore case watch. Texted voicemail line 603-212-4600. Um, and if you'd like to give us five stars on Apple, that would be a simple delight. A simple delight. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Bye, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.